Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. It's time to shift your paradigm, gain some inspiration, and get moving towards that next level of success. Are your beliefs serving you? For many of us, we probably have not slowed down enough to really question that and ask ourselves those beliefs that we grew up with, those beliefs that were just given to us, for many of us, have we really looked at them and said, they may have served us at one point, but are they serving us anymore? And that's the topic that I think right now in our world, there's so many of us are questioning that. And I think it's the right place to be. And so I'm super excited to have this conversation today with Michael Carter, who's the CEO and founder at Intercultural Competence Edge. Michael and I met each other, it's just been a month or so ago and got connected and ended up having a two hour meeting and call where we were like finishing each other's sentences about like, oh my gosh, and we believe this and we want to help people with this. And so to say there's values alignment between Michael and I is probably an understatement. Um, So I'm really excited to have this conversation with him, to learn from him um, and his experience and, and how he sees this, especially in the work that he does at his business, which he can tell you a little bit about. So Michael, thank you for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I, I just have to smile when you said our first conversation probably lasted two hours. Um, but knowing both of us, um, right. we are not shy people and we can really talk. Right. So, so for anybody who's worried, this podcast is still only going to be about 30 minutes. You're not going to have to right. listen to us for two hours. We may stay on the line, but we won't make you listen to that. But absolutely. So Michael, you know, we start with just with leaders telling their journeys, just because it's important for all of us to understand that everyone's journey is unique, but everyone's journeys has the ups and downs, right? And I kind of want to normalize that. So will you just start with telling us a little bit about your journey and how you've gotten to to this level of success that you're having now? Okay, great. And you know, and I I wholeheartedly believe in that um, because it puts everything into context. Um, So Um, My journey began, um, and I'll keep it nice and brief, but my journey began in Brooklyn, New York. So I am an East Coaster. um, And I went from Brooklyn at the wonderful age of 18 up to Syracuse University. Um, Then um, after graduating and working for a while, I went back and received my MBA from the University of Rochester. And from there, I was recruited out to the wonderful Midwest, as I like to call it. Um, by the 3M company, the makers of Scotch tape and post-it notes. Most of your um, people on the line know who 3M is. And I spent a wonderful 25 years at the 3M company. Um, A little bit about my journey during 3M was of my 25 years, 20 of those years was working in the profession that I had received my degrees in, marketing. Um, So I worked in in marketing departments, I did some sales for 3M as I continued to grow within my career. You know, I had leadership opportunities to run organizations and product lines. Um, But at about the 20 year point, um, I needed a change um, for many personal reasons. You know, the kids were getting to a certain age. Um, just needed to get out of the lifestyle of working super long hours and tons of traveling and um, was invited to join the internal training department. Um, and that's where we did training, like how to be an effective manager and a facilitative leadership and things like that. And I was asked to do training on um, diversity. And so um, 
hired some outside consultants to get that going. And during that five years, I fell in love with a topic called intercultural competence. Thus the name of my company, Intercultural Competence Edge. And um, educated myself, started to become a facilitator. And then in 2016, um, decided to leave the 3M company so I could founder um, the company that I have now been running for five years. Um, and we are a diversity, equity, and inclusion company. And so for your listeners who don't know exactly what that is, um, we're a consulting firm that a lot of corporations, the government, nonprofits, educational institutions will call in so that we can help them to build employee engagement, especially around diverse populations. You know, how can we help everyone feel a part of the team or what we like to call inclusion? You know, how can we have um, a more equitable um, organization, you know, um, and things like that. And so um, I've had a, a, a fantastic ride, I would say. Um, I've, um, you know, I've had my um, life's ups and downs as we all have, um, but um, I have really enjoyed where I've landed and I continue to grow. That's what's important. That's what it's all about. That's, That's right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, I love hearing the story of 20 years of doing something that you know how to do, right? With increased responsibilities and, and then yes. taking a, making a pivot and just saying, you know, yeah. I, this doesn't fill me anymore. Something else needs to fill me up. And what I see with a lot of leaders, and I know you, what your answer is going to be to this is when they do that or they're thinking about it, they feel like it negates or it, it devalues what they've done for the 20 years prior. And it doesn't. It doesn't mean that was wrong. It mm -hmm. just means now your soul, right? Your purpose, everything. It needs something different to stimulate it. And I think there's a lot of people that are reflecting on that right now and figuring out if what they're doing day in and day out really feeds their soul. Absolutely. And that, and, and that is so well said. And to me, it does relate a lot to feeding your soul and your purpose, as you were saying. And, and I think during that transition, there was something, and I wasn't always conscious of it, but Something in the work I had done for a very, very long time, it just wasn't matching my purpose or giving me enough purpose. That's probably the better way to say it. Um, and that's why when I shifted and then fell in love, like I said, that's why I use that word love with intercultural competence. Um, it's been now a 10 year, 12 year ride of feeling like I have a very strong purpose. Right, right. right. And so we can, you can light the fire again. We, we actually call it, I'm actually writing about it in the book, um, the listen to the rumble. And I talk oh. about rumble strips, right? So with the 20 years of marketing towards the end, it's that rumble where there's nothing wrong. Like right. my job is fine. I like the people I work with, but there's mm -hmm. this rumble that starts mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. might start small. And then right. eventually it's like the rumble strips where it's like, okay, I have to listen to this. Like, what is it telling me? And, mm -hmm. you know, it sounds like kind of similar to what you're saying is that's what you felt. Right. And, and then it just led you to kind of open your mind to other options and opportunities. Uh, absolutely. And I know you've probably said this to your listeners many, many times, but um, I do think it's really important to try to stay in touch with what is your purpose. Um, you know, and, and to the point where you can articulate it, you know, because like right now, and you didn't ask me this question, but my purpose in life is to really help bring people from different cultures together. Right. So that we can work together, live together, 
much more successfully than we have recently seen with some of the polarization um, in America. So I feel like my purpose is even stronger now than it was, you know, um, two years ago, especially given certain current events. Right, right. And you are in the right place, right, to help yep. live it more. Absolutely. And, and I love that. So before we jump into the topic of beliefs, can you tell me a little bit about a superpower, right? Which is we call strengths, but they're kind of on the next level. Um, mm -hmm. Something that has contributed to you getting to this point in your success. What, what is that superpower for you? Yeah. And, and first of all, I just have to quickly say, I just love that word superpower. It's just <laughs> such a wonderful way to frame things. And that's a lot of what I do. I frame things to help people understand it. You know, um, it's so much more powerful than the word strength. Um, you know, what my superpower is, is that ability to bring people from different cultures together so that they can work and live together. That is my superpower. Um, and so when I use the word culture, I use a specific definition around it. Um, and it's an umbrella term that includes race, ethnicity, gender, sexuality, ableness, different generations, different religions. religions. Um, and so that is my superpower. I um, am able to help people bridge cultural differences. And some of these things can be, I don't know, um, extremely polarizing, extremely emotional. I have to always make sure I keep my emotions out of things. Right. Um, and that's how we get to the point where we can successfully live and work together. So that is Right. my superpower and I'm continuously working to grow it. Right. But mm -hmm. such something that is needed. Right. And again, yes. that superpower is to be mm -hmm. able to facilitate those conversations that are emotional right. without, Absolutely. not without emotion, but not allowing the emotion to drive the conversation because that's when we have clarity, right. When we see it for what it is versus how it feels. Mm -hmm. I think that's so powerful in the work that you do it is why I'm such a I'm such a huge fan of yours and, and everything right. that you do. And, and just to add to that comment and also to help people to understand their emotion. Like right. you were saying, having right. that emotion is, you know, kind of, kind of okay. You don't want to initially overreact based upon your emotions. But then, you know, we learn by reflecting and deep thinking around what causes me to feel that way Right. when we have this discussion. So that's a lot of what I work with people on. Well, and I love that tie back to what we're talking about today, because your emotion is the external, right? The feeling and everything that's created by your beliefs, right? Absolutely. So it's rooted mm -hmm. in your beliefs. So let's, let's talk about this topic a little bit. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're talking about the, the beliefs and whether they're serving you anymore. And again, as I said, in the intro, I don't know that most of us have really analyzed our beliefs in that way. They just, they just are what they are. Right. And we just keep using the same playbook because it's just always worked. And so can you talk about this concept, how it's impacted your life, how you see it impacting other leaders right now? Yeah. So first, let me give you my thoughts on beliefs real quickly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, beliefs are um, important. Um, they can help you a great deal or they can hurt you. Um, they are, we're not always completely conscious of our beliefs um, because they um, are embedded in us through socialization, starting with your family, you know, on into when you go to school, you know, maybe when you're starting your career in education, so they get embedded. 
And I call it embedded because, you know, your beliefs, and I'm going to tie beliefs to values, mm -hmm. you know, again, starts with your family. They are embedded because for most people listening, you can't remember the time, or at least I can't, where my parents sat me down and said, let me tell you what our family beliefs are and values. Yeah. No, you, 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 they're embedded through punishment and rewards. Um, timeliness. Oh, great job, Jamie. You, you know, you, you're ready right on time. Or mm, we've got to do a whole lot better in being ready um, to leave the house so we will be on time for church. Okay, mm -hmm. and so um, that's then so that's a tendency to reside on the subconscious level. Okay, so but beliefs are um, really helpful um, if you use them as hypothesis to mm -hmm. um, compare some of the things happening in your life. All right. Um, they can be very helpful because if you're using them that way, then you can, they, they will evolve. Um, they will mature sometimes. Um, but if you're using them as some type of hard fact versus a hypothesis, then they can limit you. Because I, I really believe that beliefs, beliefs need to be able to breathe um, you do comparisons towards your beliefs, be flexible with them, and they can be very, very powerful. Or again, and I've seen it um, on both sides of this continuum. Some people um, will just, this is what I believe, and this is true, and this is a fact. And, um, and unfortunately, um, a lot of those people do not grow in something that's important that we all grow in as we grow wisdom right right I, I love that idea of it being hypotheses because I, I i think right. that people can wrap their head around that meaning in that evolution that we're not it's not just the polarizing it's not just black or white always right there's not one answer it's not binary is mm -hmm. as we evolve it's again back to everything else is it doesn't mean our parents were wrong it doesn't mean our upbringing was wrong it, it doesn't mean something is fatally flawed if right. we if we adjust our beliefs because the world around us evolves and mm -hmm. i think that's where a lot of people are struggling right now is right. that these long-standing beliefs that they held as truths right that they were like truth that's all they know them as is they they're struggling to change those beliefs right. because they don't know what the new belief should be right and there's a lot yeah. of stuff coming at us right now on what you should believe Right, you can find someone that will tell you <laughs> what mm -hmm. you should believe. What guidance would you give to people that are listening right now that are feeling overwhelmed with with how to evolve their beliefs and what we should, what noise we should be letting in? Well, uh, the the guidance I would give, and this is what we do in um, our workshops, and we don't focus just solely on beliefs, is um, it's it's all about being um, introspective mm -hmm. and. Um, and, and here's an exercise people can do is that you actually should write out your beliefs, you know, um, bring them to the conscious level by writing them out, um, you know, and, and, and then just sort of examining them. And um, as you're listening to this, it's like um, what this person, Michael Carter is telling me is that um, examine them, 
try to figure out where they come from and then try to be flexible around um, your beliefs. Um, so it does, it, it just starts with um, really bringing them to the surface because again, they are embedded in us and we're not even, we're not always clear on it. If I was that, just here's a question for the listeners. Um, quickly, um, tell me, you know, six of your beliefs. You, you can't really do that. Right, <laughs> that was gonna be my question is what are some <laughs> examples? Right, with, with, with some thinking you can, and that's right. that's part of the power, you know, like, um, uh, you know, he, here's um, some of the beliefs that um, have really, um, um, you know, helped made us struggle a little bit as a society is this belief that um, you should never give anybody anything for free, right. you know. So then that has in political terms turned into, um, boy, we can't have safety nets in a way, because that's what they really are, because they are they're believed to be like welfare. Um, and, and, and if you're just so fixed, if you give anybody anything, you know, um, it's going to ruin society, then you are not hearing the other side and letting that belief, um, you know, evolve somewhat and start to hear that, you know, you know, these are really not necessarily government giveaways. Maybe you should really kind of reframe it a little bit in that, um, there are safety nets usually so that, um, you know, people don't fall, you know, don't fall, excuse me, too, too far down, you know, which when you really think about it helps all of society. So, you know, that's just one that pops in my head because of all the polarization and some of the political discussions. And I don't mean to make this I, into a political no, discussion, no, but, so but, but you hear that belief all the time. Yeah. Um, another real quick belief just popped in my head is, um, and boy, this is a pretty widespread one. And this one is not always, people can't even articulate it, but it's, it's somewhat of a belief that, um, you know, life is somewhat of a zero sum game. Right. You know, it's based on kind of this belief in scarcity. And that is, Jamie, if, if you get something, then I can't have it. You know, you know, either you're going to win or, and if you win, I lose, or if I win, you lose. Right. And, and, you know, if they, they, whoever they may be, the government or something does this for you, then that's taking it away from me, you know, and, and, um, yeah, it, I, I have people that really, really I for years didn't believe there's no win-win, right? People right. Are like, that's ridiculous. Somebody always wins. And I'm <laughs> right. like, but then you read a book like The Infinite Game from Simon Sinek and you're thinking about that, that fundamentally changed my life. Like, I was just like, I don't, it's just not a win. It's, right. and we can all win. In the business of life, there's no winning. There's no right. winning in marriage. Right. There's no winning in parenting. There's yes. no winning in business. You just right. die and someone else takes over whatever you were doing. I mean, like people don't, people see it as such a finite thing. And right. I think that's a good reminder for all of us. Right. And so that's, that's um, a belief I see all the time as I'm trying to help people to understand this term called equity, which we won't go into today. Um, but they, they, I can automatically just see them go into this belief around what I like to call life's a zero sum game. Some people win and some people lose. And right. it's really not. 
Right. Um, and so that's where I'm asking people, write it down, think about where it comes from. Let it simmer, let it evolve, you know, um, be flexible. Let your beliefs have some flexibility to it. Right. And the question, right. And, and determine if it's serving you today, because right. if it's causing angst, if it's causing you to make decisions that you wouldn't, you know, like, or not take a right. chance or not evolve and change yourself, right. then right. You be questioning whether that belief is still serving you. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of times our beliefs to your point, and I see it all the time because I do workshops on things like this, it causes anxiety or angst. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I won't get too, too technical, but, you know, um, beliefs are tied to our values, which is all sort of subsections of this thing called culture. Right. Um, and values, which are usually internal also that you pick up through socialization, have more of a good and bad to it. It has these binary, binaries, good and bad, evil, you know, dirty, clean, you know, things like that. And so when you tie beliefs and your values together, that's where the emotions come. And that emotion, a lot of times is you shutting down and defensiveness. Right. Um, and so it's the opposite it, of what you need to do because you need the clarity, right? And the openness right, to be able right, to. Right. And so that's where examining beliefs and values really help. And I do different exercises around, around that is that that helps you to um, do some of the things I'm recommending, letting your beliefs evolve and, and breathe and be flexible and not so narrow. Right. Right. So yes. in doing this work, right, and uh -huh. kind of venturing into this, clearly mm -hmm. you've had to do some own your own work right, around your own beliefs. Is there anything that you would share? We'd be vulnerable with us on just beliefs Absol that you can absolutely. Right, so Absolutely. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you, nope. you made me emotional. And I was like, <laughs> that, talk about an understatement. I've had to do, to do this work. I've had to do so, so much work on myself. Um, and I'm a better person for it. Um, you know, one belief that probably a lot of people, um, cause I, 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 I thought about, you know, this a little bit and one belief that, um, a lot of people probably can relate to is, my belief in fairness is that, you know, everybody should be treated fairly and even Stevens and things like that. Um, and that belief is, you know, sort of a belief slash value because this is definitely an emotional issue for me. If I see you being treated unfairly, I'm not happy about it. If this is happening to me, I'm not happy about it. And so I've had to let that belief sort of evolve and um, say to myself, well, you know, life just isn't fair. And, you know, nobody really, if I think about it, promised me that it would be. Although my, my parents tried to make our household as fair as possible between me and my siblings, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's where some of that got embedded in me. Um, and, um, and by examining that belief, it helped me take some of the emotion out of it. Mm -hmm. so that I could actually be more helpful in different situations to maybe try to bring us to a resolution and try to create at least some level of fairness or what we prefer to say is equity. Right. All right. And so um, I just tried not to have fairness be such a fixed thing. 
that it has to be eat like the same level all the time. Oh, boy, right? you, can, yeah, you can get it to where it's just gonna be you, you know. Um, and and even in raising my kids, I had lots of um fun around that word where um, you know, one would say, um, hey, you just got you know, them a bike, and I didn't get a bike, and then we would, uh, when some, one of my kids would say that, boy, would I have a lot of fun with them, and I would just say, okay, but then I got you skates, should I get the other person skates? The other person didn't need skates, but you got a bike, and, and I just would just play around with it a little bit, and after a while, I get, please stop, so I stop, we get it, um, and so, you know, um, back to that whole, you know, fairness as a belief is that when it becomes so fixed, so emotional, you actually lose your effectiveness in trying to maybe create fairness in your workplace um, or with your staff or within your, you know, even within your relationships, you know, including spouses and things like that. Um, so, so that's one that just the way I operated under it, especially more in my early 20s and, and 30s, um, that I, I think limited me in certain ways, right. you know? And as I grow, grew wiser, I started to be a lot more flexible around that, right? right. Um, and, and, and then, you know, um, you know, bringing in an a, a aspect of Michael Carter um, that um, defines me is that whole fairness thing, I could really get even stuck on it more being an African-American. You know, looking at some of the injustices in, in, in society. Um, and I had to release some of that also if I'm going to be effective, especially with what I do nowadays. Right. Right. And, 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 and who's to judge what's fair or not fair? Sorry. Right. No. And so what I love, so the realization is I want this to hit home for the listeners, is what you're talking about is not about someone else, the external is you're talking about, is it serving me? So being angry mm. about fairness, is mm. it making me better every day? Is it helping me live a joyful life that I want to live? And I think for most of us, we see it as like somebody else doing something to us. And at some point we have to look at these and say, it's us. Is it making my day-to-day -day life better? Absolutely. And, and that's a really um, um, important point that you picked up on. Um, that I wasn't really conscious that I was making, but um, most of my work starts with you or us or myself, right. you know? And so when people come into class on this topic called intercultural competence, which is a skill, they first think, okay, tell me all I need to know about all those other people and how to better relate. And I say, no, 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 no. It starts with you. Okay. Um, and you really doing some work on yourself and better understanding your worldview and how you interpret the world, your beliefs, your values, that's the only way you can better relate to other people. That, okay, mic right. drop there, if you mm -hmm. need to turn off the, but don't turn off the podcast, but that in and of itself for what right. we are dealing with in our world right now is it starts right. internal. It yes. starts with us changing, not waiting for someone else to change for us. Right. And so what, for people that are listening that hopefully just had the like, that I just had, mm -hmm. um, how would you, you talked about documenting their beliefs and kind of getting everything down. And if they're feeling like, I don't even know how I would start. Do you start with emotion? 
do you start with those places that fire you up and those things that like cause you to on LinkedIn or on Facebook or the news to not, is, is that where do you, can you back into it from emotion to try to get to the belief? Yes. Okay. I, I have a, I just have a one word answer to what you yeah. just said. Cause you Love just it. explained it perfectly. Okay. Yes. Because, um, yeah, beliefs and values again are linked and, um, and what I, what I, um, what I tell people in class, um, because you come to my workshops to grow, that's, that's your objective, is that um, I'm going to, in the work I do, say some things that will make you uncomfortable. Right. Um, and when they do, that's when some of the richest learning can happen. That's the goal. That's where you have to then explore why did that make me uncomfortable? Why, when he starts talking about race, I become uncomfortable? Right. Why, when you you know you really need to just kind of like slow down and just kind of live with that and think about it, and you can't always answer it immediately. And so, to your point, um, some of the things that you have emotions around is maybe a very good way to start trying to list out some of your beliefs. And let me tell you, when you first try to do that, it's going to be somewhat difficult. But over time, you know. You know, put your, you know, you may come up with three and and then put your paper somewhere where you can kind of see it. And as you're cleaning up one day, <laughs> washing dishes, getting dressed, something else is going to pop in your head. Right. When you're listening to something on the news or something, you say, that's another one. Let me go to my piece of paper and write that down. Right. And I think right. that's important because I think people get a grip. They, they get so wound tight about like, I have to put the right words down and I have to use the right words. No. And, you know, I heard again, Simon Sinek, not to keep bringing him up, but he said when, you know, he talks a lot about finding your why and his guidance, because people struggle with that. And his guidance is that the problem is not that you don't have a why it's just, you just haven't figured out how to put words to it yet. Everybody has a why right? Yes. Everybody has beliefs. And yes. so I don't want people, I think the guidance would be don't get hung up on how you're describing it. Mm. Just feel it and, you know, start to kind of let it show itself with different words and different, you know, I think people get stuck on it, it has to be this perfectly written, like clear statement and it doesn't. No, no, it, it really does not. And try to have fun with it, not have angst around it. Um, you know, do the best you can, write it down, um, and again, let it marinate. Right. You know, um, this work is about lifelong learning. Mm -hmm. And as far as I have come, um, I still learn a lot about others and myself all the time. Um, right. And it delights me. It, it, you know, and so maybe that's why I do what I do. It's right. like, oh. You know, I never saw it that way. And I I never paid much attention to that reaction I have in that particular situation. Right. Now I see that a lot clearer. Um, and, you know, and, and again, I have fun with that. Right. So yeah. I'm having this realization. I'm going to go full vulnerable here with all of my <laughs> best friends that are listening to this. Um, I just had a realization about a belief that I, I just connected some dots is Right. I grew up in a house, a very philanthropic household, right? Mm -hmm. Very like we have a lot. You should be grateful for what we have and and you know, and, and we give back and those types of things. And and you should 
you should not want everything all at once, right? You should, there should be things later in life that you should aspire to, but you, you shouldn't have all the nice things and that, that kind of stuff. I don't know how to articulate the belief, but it's yes. that mindset. Yes. Mm-hmm. So as my success continues mm-hmm. and success is on multiple levels, right? Mm-hmm. Success as, as in terms of the impact I get to have, the financial you know, mm-hmm. rewards of being successful and, and putting in the work and doing what I do, I constantly find myself in comparative suffering where I am like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't like, who am I to have this or be able to do this? And I shouldn't talk about that because other people don't have that. And I start to see it tied back to that belief of, which it isn't a bad thing. It's just that belief is so in my brain now that it's actually restricting me to be, I'm being joyful and happy for what I do have right? And feeling bad about it. And so that I just made that connection to that was an actual belief that we had a really good intent, right? When I was being raised very philanthropic and, and, and put, you know, perspective and all those things that are important, but it has now reached a point where it's restricting me moving forward. Absolutely. And it can, um, like you were saying, it can limit some of your happiness, um, some of your joy as you are successful. Um, I have heard that belief before. Um, You know, it it can be a part of growing up, um, sometimes, you know, middle to upper middle class. It's sort of like guilt. Right, right. Right. Um, Yes, and so, so, I appreciate you being vulnerable and really kind of connecting those dots. Now that you've connected those dots, the next step is you have to create an alternative narrative. Yep. That is how you um, do a little bit of deprogramming. Because, you know, um, you want it, I want it for you, your friends want it. you know, um, I've already, you, you deserve it, right. you deserve it. And it's to have that sort of fulfillment and joy as you accomplish things. Right. And so I've yeah. already started that, not realizing it. The alternative narrative is that the more, the bigger platform I have, the more success I have, the more platform I have to impact other people, whether that's financially, right. Or with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've started to flip that narrative to say, mm-hmm. it's not guilt. It, it actually allows me to have a greater impact where I want to have an impact. Absolutely. So, um, and, and just continue to work on that right. narrative and refine it and stuff, right. but perfect, perfect example. I love um, it. And it's not bad. Sometimes the old belief still sneaks up, even if you feel like you've worked on it for a long time, right? I'm sure you see that as well as this is not a perfect science. That's right. And and we're talking about having that belief, not necessarily just completely go away or wipe it out, but evolve. Right. Evolve. And, 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 and just the way you talked about it, it's already evolving. And that is, okay, I can hang on to that belief that was bestowed upon me mm-hmm. of, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, or a short way of saying it, is um being a giver, mm-hmm. right? Okay, right. Um, I can have that evolve in that. Okay, um, the more successful I am, you know, have joy in that, and that even allows you to do more of that. Correct. Right. Correct. You know. Um, I feel like I'm like getting a coaching session for free here. I appreciate it. And everyone else just gets to listen in. <laughs> well, it's um, it's it's my superpower. That's what it I is. really enjoy, right? Um, it totally is. 
Yeah. So for for the leaders that are listening, um, mm-hmm. what and you've kind of given some tips about writing it down, like just yeah. any other tips or learnings that that has helped you, that helps the people that come through your programs. And then I want to talk. I want you to be able to talk about your programs a little bit, so people have more information on that. But just anything else that you would share? Well, you know, for for leaders. Um, you know, one, and I think probably most people have already gotten this, um, you know, you, you do have to just um, work on yourself, become more self-aware, self-understanding that helps you relate to others, okay? So that's a lot of what we talked about when we talk about beliefs and having them be flexible, um, e- evolve and things like that. Um, but then as leaders, one of the things that um, you want to really think about with as society has changed in many, many ways, we have to all work hard to become more inclusive leaders. Right. You know, it's a topic called inclusive leadership. And it does start with self-awareness. So we've covered that for the bulk of the time that we've talked today. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what an inclusive leader is versus a good leader um, is that an inclusive leader takes that good leader to the next level. And that is um, they have the ability to relate to and inspire and lead people um, who are different than they they are culturally. And as I said earlier, culture includes race and ethnicity, gender, sexuality, you know, um, uh, um, generations, ableness um, and in the past, you know, really up into the 70s, to the early 70s, you could be a leader in an organization and, you know, 90% or 95% of that organization was white males. Right, right. Right, okay. Um, that's not the case any longer. No. We like to say it this way, diversity is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are certain tenets Um, and concepts and things like that around inclusive leadership that I would encourage all of your listeners to Google, um, look up. They, you know, we'll share my website where I can help them understand it. We don't have enough time to go very, very deep into it. But the term to walk away with is inclusive leadership. And that is your ability to lead everyone. You know, lead across cultural differences. And one other quick point about it is that it may sound daunting, and I hope my voice isn't making it sound daunting, um, but it can actually be a lot of fun. It could be like, it could be, you know, picture it as a wonderful vacation to China to learn about a different culture. Right. Right. How much fun can that be? Shift your perspective and allow you. And right. you know, the one thing that I I feel that people have fear around in, in what right. you're describing is that in order to do that, I have to change my beliefs, whether it's religion or it's like I have to fundamentally change to understand. And that's not what we're saying at all. We're saying no. just understand. And what if it made you better in your right. beliefs or made your beliefs stronger? by yeah. understanding others. And so I think it's people feel like to understand they have to be like that person. And well, that's let, not what inclusivity is. No, it is not. And let me tie some concepts together and frame this for your listeners. And that is, because it really relates to what we talked about earlier, to um, you, you don't have to change your beliefs because you are absolutely right. That's where people go to a lot of times. 
right? You don't have to change your behaviors. Um, you know, um, um, they do have to become more flexible, right. but it starts with what again? And, you know, a little redundancy is always good for us. It starts with you first being able to better understand your beliefs, attitudes, norms, you know, all the things we call culture. Um, and that's the only way you understand another person's, right. you know, and, and then it's all about bridging the gap, you know, sometimes finding commonalities um, so that you can work together more effectively, or if you're the leader that you can inspire that person, make them have a sense of belonging within your organization, right? right? So it's not about you changing but it is about you having deeper understanding of yourself. So you can do some comparing and contrasting. Right. 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 Yeah. That's where growth That's comes from. That's where it starts with you. Right. Man, we could talk about this all day long. Oh, yes. like, so a couple of things I want to just share, and I don't okay. normally share these on the podcast, but Michael is going to come on um, Keystone. We have a monthly video series that we do called the keys to business growth. And so it's for business leaders. Um, and Michael's going to come on and do a full discussion around kind of what he's talking about here, but, but in more depth around this topic. So make sure and check out the website. We'll get that. I don't know when we're going to be doing that next couple months, but it'll be on there. You can sign up for our newsletter so that you get it. Um, but I'm looking forward to that conversation because I think that's right. going to be food for the soul of a lot of leaders right now that are trying to navigate, right. Mm -hmm. And they're open to wanting to grow, but, but need help, right. They right. need that perspective that you provide. So Outside of that, if people want to find out more about how you can help them, the workshops you mentioned, how you could come into their business and right and help their organization, what's the best place for them to get in contact with you? The best way to contact me is um, just go to my website and we have a contact page as most websites do. Um, my website, um, is, you know, it's the name of my company. So it's www.interculturalcompetenceedge.com. Um, dot com spell those three words out three times and put them all together <laughs> as one word you know and just a real real quick story those three um words were supposed to become a wonderful sort of short acronym ice mm -hmm. but that word was hijacked and we can't use it wow you have such a long company name and it was because we as a marketer I had a nice short for it so again it's www and those three words together intercultural competence edge.com perfect and we'll make sure and include and, that in the podcast notes so that everybody's got it right and and then real quickly your listeners had two pieces of homework to do from this okay. podcast look up the word inclusive leadership um, Google it or look it up any way you want to, and then do the same on the word intercultural competence. Perfect. That's everybody's homework. We can do that. That's easy. <laughs> right. Those two things will open your eyes to some of the things that we talked about today. Perfect. Thank you All for right. being here. Oh, thank you for having me. This is always so much fun for me. I, and, and to our listeners, right, I, I say this all the time, but I'm grateful for you engaging. I'm grateful for the feedback that we get and the stories of just how these podcasts are just shifting your perspective just a little bit, right? This doesn't need to be transformative. It just needs to make you think differently, 
right? And, and hopefully today, it has for me, hopefully today has exemplified the whole purpose of this podcast. And, and it's a time right now for leaders to stand up and say, I'm willing to change. I'm willing to be self-aware and I'm, you know, I'm willing to be vulnerable and, and air some of the things that, that maybe aren't serving me. And we all need that right now. And I think the leaders of the future, the best ones are going to be the ones that can, that can have these kind of conversations, right. And that are open to it. So, you know, as always grateful for you being part of this community and for you engaging and, and just continue to make sure you're having these conversations and you're sharing these with other people who need to hear it as well. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please click that little subscribe button so you get the latest episodes when we release them. And we would so appreciate a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you on how these podcast topics are having an impact for you. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, make sure and go to our website, keystonegroupintl.com to sign up.